The title of my message this morning is quite simple. I'm talking about integrity, integrity. Won't you say that word with me? Integrity. And uh, would you agree that this is an important message that we would be speaking on at this point in time? So please turn to Psalm 12, and we'll get there in a few moments' time. We'll look at the first five verses of Psalm 12. Now, I felt to share on this important subject of integrity because of the unbelievable amount of corruption that we are seeing both in South Africa and across the world. And I want to say the corruption is bad, isn't it? Now, come on, church, you're very quiet this morning, huh? The corruption is bad. I'm making a very true statement when I'm saying that. The corruption is sickening. It's really bad. And I just think of recently, here in this uh, virus that the country has been facing, of all things, what happens? The relief money meant to provide personal protective equipment in critical times is looted and squandered and stolen. How corrupt, how wicked. When that money is meant to be used to help people and actually to save lives, it just gets squandered. Goodness me, such a shame, absolute shame. But you know what? It's not just a South African problem. It is a worldwide problem, corruption. It's a worldwide problem. I just need a tiny bit more level on my mic, please. It's a worldwide problem and there is corruption all over the planet in all sorts of institutions and organizations. I've listed a few here. There's corruption in athletics, cycling, the Olympics, Russia, China, America. There is corruption in pharmaceuticals, education, Hollywood. We've seen a lot of that come to the light lately. In the news media, there is corruption. In government, there is corruption. Did I say government? Okay, loud and clear. And sadly, even in some parts of the church, there is corruption. It's very tragic. There was a man who is a so-called church leader who fled the country yesterday, breaking his bail conditions. I've said for years that that man is a false prophet. As pastors in the city, we speak together, we understand he's a false prophet. And now, proved it even more, breaking his bail conditions, runs off to Malawi. And I wanna say actually good riddance, but he needs to face the law here in South Africa. And I pray that he would be extradited to South Africa and that he would face the full might of the law. Yeah, amen. And so many people have been hoodwinked by that ministry, taking inheritance money and giving it to this man who uh, is laundering the money. It is unthinkable. Crazy, absolutely crazy. But now, why? Why, why, why is there so much corruption in the world? And you know what? It is because the heart of mankind is desperately wicked. And that's what it says in Jeremiah 17 verse nine. The heart of man is desperately wicked. It is wicked above all things. But you know what? Only God can transform the heart. People are looking for solutions to corruption in all of the wrong places. I wanna tell you, it's God that changes the heart. And in that moment, you'd begin to desire what is right. 
But you know what? Some good news in South Africa is that we are beginning to experience some breakthroughs. Have you noticed all of the high-level corruption-related arrests that have taken place lately? Can we thank the Lord for that? That's the beginning of breakthrough. And we pray that where there is in those situations well and truly uh, definite corruption and criminality, we pray that they would face the full might of the law and that they would serve prison sentences because a wise king, king stamps out crime and violence through harsh punishments. And if there's no punishment, people just carry on and they just think, well, it's good advice. No, there needs to be harsh punishment. If the country of South Africa is to revive properly, there needs to be these things being dealt with. But I believe that God is answering prayers. There's been so much prayer that has been going on in this year in South Africa and around the world, and it's like there's a bowl of prayer which gets filled up and filled up and filled up in heaven, and after some point in time, then God says, okay, now I'm gonna pour it out because of the prayers of my people. And so I think that this is excellent to hear of what God is doing, and we pray that these processes would be followed through. Now, you and I are believers, we are Christians, we are Christ followers, and we are called to be people of uncompromising integrity. Do you realize that? You are called to be salt and light. God says, be holy as I am holy. And that's because you are able to be holy through the power of God. But it's only by, listen to this, by God's power that we can increasingly become people of integrity. And so in sharing this today, my heart's desire is that as I'm sharing the word, that you would be strengthened and that you would be reinforced in your determination to walk in integrity. I'm not preaching to you because I feel that you are corrupt, no. I'm preaching to reinforce our determination to walk in integrity before the Lord. And you know, we all face these challenges from time to time. Somebody comes along and suggests you do something, and then you, well, it's probably not right, but maybe I should, hey, I can get a little bit of bucks here, and so on, what should I do? Let me tell you one that I faced recently. Somebody spoke to me the other day, uh, a well-off person, quite a wealthy person, and they spoke to me on the phone and they said, Pastor John, we just feel strongly in our hearts, my wife and I, we feel that we want to tithe to you personally. Not to Choose Life Church, but to you personally. They are another church. And so they came with quite a sincere plea. They sounded very spiritual, but I refused in that very moment. I didn't say, well, let me go think and pray about it. In that moment, I said, no. I'm sorry, that is, uh, I, I just cannot do that. And I directed them to honor their local church because it is a matter of principle. But imagine if I had said yes in that moment. Imagine the, the beginnings of problems I begin to experience in my life. Imagine the risk that I would place the church at because I would begin to be in corrupt things. No, we can't do that, we can't do that. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Quite simple. <laughs> Amen. Now, Jesus, he is our perfect example of integrity. So what happens? He's here on earth. He gets led into the wilderness, and Satan comes to try and break his integrity. He tries to corrupt Jesus, but praise the Lord, the enemy failed. He failed. 
And Jesus, he was, according to scripture, tempted in every way, yet without sin. And I wanna tell you, we have the most wonderful example of the righteous one, of the man of integrity, the ultimate example of integrity. And you know what? It's so wonderful that there will never come a, scan a scandal ever in the future regarding Jesus' integrity and his righteousness. Never. So wonderful that we serve the king of integrity. And so it's so important that we follow in his example. Now, the definition of integrity, listen to this, an adhere, uh, sorry, a firm adherence to a code of moral values. This is a, according to the dictionary. Integrity, a firm adherence to a code of moral values. It's also defined as incorruptibility. And now listen to this, incapable of being bribed or morally corrupted. Are you incapable of being bribed and morally corrupted? You say, John, if somebody offers me 100 rand, don't worry about it. No, but what if they offer you 500,000 rand to do something that's wrong? Hmm. And I believe that we need to make the decision in our heart that we will not be that kind of person. I remember an illustration that Dr. Graham Catter shared years ago. Uh, when Mandri and I were in Hatfield Christian School, uh, Dr. Graham was our uh, discipleship teacher at one point in time, and he gave this illustration, it's very interesting. He says, a man says to a lady, will you sleep with me for 10 rand? The lady says, absolutely not, and slaps the guy. What do you think I am? So the man says, okay, wait, 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 just settle down a little bit. He says, I'm a very wealthy man, and then I wanna ask you this question. Will you sleep with me for 10 million rand? And the lady says, well, yes, maybe I guess. I guess that should be okay. And so the man says, okay, well, we have established that you're a prostitute. Now we're just haggling over the price. But you know what? Integrity means you cannot be bought. You cannot be corrupted. No matter how much money people dangle in front of you. The Old Testament, the word uh, translated integrity in the Old Testament means the following. Without blemish, complete, whole, undefiled, and upright. In the New Testament, the word translated integrity means truthful and showing a pattern of good works. Now, we are finally getting to Psalm 12. Psalm 12, verse one to five. Now realize here, David, he is crying out to the Lord about all the corruption. David cries out in verse one of Psalm 12, and he says, help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. <laughs> And, and here he is lamenting this thing, and he feels like he's crying out to God. He says, God, where are all the righteous people? It feels like I'm one of the very few living righteously. Where are they? He says, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. And then verse two, it says, they speak idle, they speak idly, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips. Can I get an amen on that one? And the tongue that speaks proud, proud things who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Now look at verse five. For the oppression of the poor 
For the sign of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. Do you realize that when there is corruption in a nation, it is the ordinary people that suffer as a result of corruption and especially the poor and the needy that suffer. But I wanna tell you that God is attentive to their plight. Just notice verse five again. For the oppression of the poor, this is because of corrupt activities, for the sign of the needy, now I will arise. Praise God that he arises. And I wanna say to you that I believe that at this point in time in South Africa, God is busy arising in the nation of South Africa and he is taking a hammer and he's breaking down many of these things of the enemy that have been in evidence for a long time. It is now that God is at work. Praise God. Now, why is God doing this? God is doing this because justice and righteousness are the foundation of his throne. Now, while you're in Psalms, let's move on to Psalm 114. I hope you're still looking in your Bible. Psalm 114, verse 11 to 15. Again, the psalmist is lamenting this problem of corruption, and he says, rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners whose mouth speaks lying words and whose right hand is the right hand of falsehood. So do you see the corruption here? Do you see the falsehood? But then the psalmist cries for something new, for something righteous, and he says, oh, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, and our daughters may be pillars sculptured in palestal, that our barns may be full, supplying all kinds of produce, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and tens of thousands in the field, that our oxen may be well laden, that there be no breaking in or going out, and that there be no outcry in the streets. If you think of the past 12 months in South Africa and the amounts of protests and the amounts of outcries in the street, it tells you that something is wrong. But it goes on to say positively in verse 15, happy are the people who are in such a state. In other words, they are being built up by God. And then it says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Can we say amen? But it's interesting, the psalmist is saying there's falsehood. But God, would you raise up our sons and daughters to be pillars of righteousness? And would you bless our fields and would you bless our livestock and let there be no outcry in the streets? I wanna tell you, if you look at the psalmist here, lamenting all of this corruption, it just tells you corruption has been around for years and years and years and years. It's not something that was invented in the 1900s. <laughs> now, number one, point number one that I wanna share with you, do what is honorable and right even if you are the only one doing so. Let me say that again, let it sink in a little bit. Now these are abbreviated points on the screen, but I'm sharing with you verbally the full point. Do what is honorable and right even if you are the only one doing so. Are you prepared to do that? Even if you're the only one, I trust so. Now, what is the opposite of integrity? I believe the opposite of integrity is corruption. 
Some people might say dishonesty, very much the same. And as I mentioned earlier, yeah, we live in a world where there is much corruption and in a country where there are enormous levels of corruption, it's almost become looting in one sense. But I wanna tell you this, the plague of corruption in South Africa is, listen, far more dangerous than the, uh, the, 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 the pandemic or the plague of the coronavirus. Do you realize that? It is far more dangerous and far more destructive. And righteous people like you and I, we're getting dismayed as we look around in our country at the widespread corruption. But listen, it also provides you with an opportunity because you're a child of the light. You've come out of darkness into light and it provides you with an opportunity to shine. <laughs> and when things are so dark, that little candle of integrity being lit within you can shine really brightly. And so I wanna say, child of God, don't be conformed to the pattern of the thinking of this corrupt world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind because you, yes, you as an individual can make a massive change in terms of this. And don't think, well, it's only the leaders that need to start a walk in integrity. It is every single one of us, every single one of us that needs to follow through and do this and do what is right. Let me tell you, sometimes doing what is right can make you feel very lonely. <laughs> now, I think of Noah. Do you know that Noah was the only blameless man in God's sight? It says in uh, Genesis 6, verse 11, it says, the Bible says that the people were corrupt in God's sight and full of violence. That's Genesis 6, 11. But even so, even with so much corruption, Noah lived righteously. Now, imagine if you were the only person, <laughs> the only person on planet Earth that was living righteously. And sometimes, let me just say, there are many thousands and hundreds of thousands of righteous people in South Africa. I believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so you are not alone. But what determination and courage and morality was in Noah that he determined that even though nobody is walking righteously, I will walk righteously. But I wanna tell you, in your school, in your varsity, in your place of work, at your nail bar that you run, in your accounting firm, it might feel lonely at times when you walk in your uprightness. But I wanna say to you, do it in any case. Honor God in any case. Because Noah was righteous in his generation. I'm challenging you today to be a person that says, well, maybe I've never really thought about this, but now in my heart, today, I purpose that I am gonna be a righteous person in my generation. Why don't you just nudge the person next to you and say, I'm gonna be a righteous person. Tell them that. A righteous person and a person of integrity. Now, point number two of four points. It requires determination. Please say the word determination. It requires determination to keep your integrity intact. I wanna ask you, are you actually determined? Are you determined? Do you still have that fight in you or are you slowly becoming compromised and when it was clear for you in the past that this is right, this is wrong, now it's becoming gray. <laughs> 
and it's 50 shades of gray. No, 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 not in God's sight, no. Don't let it become gray. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Finished and clear, that's the way it is. And be a person who does what is right. Don't let things become gray. I encourage you to be determined. Now, there's an interesting story in the Old Testament. And it's the story of Joseph when he was governor of Egypt. Remember, he had built up all of the grain so that the surrounding nations could come and get grain. And, and Joseph is there and his brothers come to get grain for their household and for the family and for their dad, Jacob. And they don't know that this is Joseph who has recognized them. And Joseph instructs his officials and he tells his staff, listen, put their money that they came to pay for this grain, put the money back in the bags and give it to them. Wow. Because I guess he was wanting just to show kindness to his brothers, his family, or maybe he wanted them to come back at a later stage to return the money bags. I don't know exactly but what was very interesting is when they got home and they discovered the money bags, it was Jacob, the father of the household, that said, absolutely not. We have to return this money because maybe it was given by mistake. And that is exactly what they did. You know, when one person's spine stiffens, it helps other people to take a stand as well. You might be the only one in your business, you might be the only one in your family, but take a stand in any case. And because of Jacob's integrity, that money was returned and God was pleased and honored in the whole situation. Now let me just tell you a little example that, that we faced a couple of uh, years ago as a church, as an executive team and myself personally. So we bought a property uh, right close to the church here, a property with a house on, and it had gone up for repossession, auction, and so on, because uh, the person who owned the property had got into crazy arrears, and they were now, the bank was now selling this property. We thought, well, it's very strategic for us here as a church, and so we want to acquire that property. So we managed to get this property, acquire it, and it was transferred in our name, and great, now it belongs to Choose Life Church. But the thing is, the man who had previously controlled that property from whom it was repossessed, he still had uh, his single son living in the house. The house looked like a pigsty. It wasn't well looked after. And the, the, the previous owner, he owned the front property as well with a panhandle shared to our back property. And so he controlled the access. And we asked, can we please get access? He says, no. He says, it'll take a high court order if you wanna get access, and that ain't gonna happen anytime soon. So we thought, okay, let's be nice about this. We sent an agent along to represent us. This agent went and met with him very politely, very civilly, and said to this man, listen, please, uh, would you allow us? I mean, we, we're the entitled owners to this property, and he had been ignoring lawyers' letters and all of that and so on. And then that man said to our agent, he said, well, if you give me 20,000 rand, then I, I think I'll vacate the property. So he's saying, bribe me, give me 20,000 bucks and I will move out. The agent came back and gave this feedback and we said, absolutely not, absolutely not. It's not even a, a debate, it's a decision, absolutely not. And so then began a process. 
because suddenly we had to try to go legal avenues and so on. And eventually we decided, well, we found this high power senior counsel advocate in the city and we went to an executive team to meet with him. We explained the situation. We explained the, the, the bribe that was tried to be solicited from us. And we said to you, to the man, senior counsel, you've got to help us, please, to get out of the situation. And you know what he said? He said, why don't you just pay the 20,000? I looked at this man in utter disappointment. And I said the following, because it's a matter of principle. I said, we will never, ever, ever pay such a bribe. And you know what? It ended up taking thousands and thousands and so much more money, but in a righteous way, we handled it, we attended to it. That man moved out of the property and the leadership's integrity is still intact. To God be the glory, amen? Absolutely. And so I wanna tell you, there needs to be this determination and you need to decide beforehand when offers of corruption come my way or bribery or something, you decide way before, so that when that presents to you, immediately, it's not a case of, oh, let me just go pray about, no, 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 don't give me that rubbish. Immediately you say, no, it cannot be. Because imagine if we had bribed in that situation. Imagine the potential harm we could have done to the body of Christ here at Choose Life Church. But praise God that he gave us determination. And by the way, that reminds me of Abraham Lincoln. Do you remember? Abraham Lincoln had a nickname. What was it? Honest Abe. Because one day, he is serving as a shop assistant in a shop, and somehow, by mistake, he accidentally overcharges a lady for six pennies too much. Uh, a few minutes later, he realized, oh, shucks, I've overcharged her. And the lady had since gone and so on. And you know what he did? Abraham Lincoln walked approximately five kilometers to go to that lady and you know what? Return those six pennies because it matters that we operate in uprightness. And you know what? Maybe that's why Abraham Lincoln's face is still to this day on the one penny coin in the United States of America. Isn't that amazing? Because still to this day, he's been remembered for his honesty, for his integrity. By the way, I'm just amazed that America still has one cent coins. <laughs> we need bigger money in South Africa, you know what I mean? So quite interesting. Now, point number three, true success doesn't compromise integrity. Say that with me. True success doesn't compromise integrity. Uh, folks, you're a little bit soft. Can I have a bit more volume? True success doesn't compromise integrity. Now, what is true success? True success is being successful according to God's standards. If you are not successful by God's standards, then you have not achieved success. Because you know what? God establishes the plumb line where we know if we are walking honorably or not. I heard a statement the other day in a pastor's meeting. This was the statement. And it says, success is obedience. Isn't that interesting? Success is obedience. Obviously, obedience to God. Now, Proverbs 12, verse three in the NIV says the following. It says, a man cannot be established through wickedness. In this context, uh, being established means to prosper and to be successful. 
So a man cannot prosper through wickedness. A man cannot be successful through wickedness. And then it goes on to say, but the righteous cannot be uprooted. Come on, that's good. That reminds me of the message last Sunday that God says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And so it's very interesting. Now, you cannot be established through wickedness. Now, maybe you think, well, I know some people that have done corrupt things and they seem to have gotten ahead. I know somebody they blatantly cheated in the exam and, and, and they got through the year. Well, I know somebody who completed a fraudulent tax return and managed to get a refund. They seem to get ahead. Maybe you say, I know somebody who's neglecting their family, they're abusive towards their staff, and yet their business seems to be thriving. But I wanna say to you, child of God, can you actually call that success? And I believe the answer is no, you cannot call that success. That apparent success is only temporary. And it's also obtained at the expense of character. Listen to this statement. In the long run, corrupt behavior does not lead to success. It only leads to more evil. Do you know that corrupt people, they become more corrupt, more dishonest, more callous, and they just hurt people and they sow destruction. But real success, true success, maintains personal integrity. And then later on in your life, as you're looking back, you have no skeletons in the closet. You have nothing to feel bad about because you know you've lived honorably before the Lord. And you know what? That's when you put your head down on the pillow at night and you sleep like a baby. Although babies don't always sleep so soundly, they tell me. But you can sleep so peacefully because you know that you're walking in integrity. Now, point number four, this is my last point, but before I go into point number four, let me just recap one, two, and three. Number one, do what is honorable and right, even if you're the only one doing so. Number two, it requires determination to keep your integrity intact. Number three, true success doesn't compromise integrity. Now, number four, it's beautiful. Integrity will keep you safe and bring blessing to your offspring. May I repeat that? Integrity, it's gonna keep you safe and it will bless your descendants. It will bless your offspring. Psalm 25 verse 21, the psalmist says, let integrity, that's what we're talking about today, and uprightness preserve me for I wait for you. Prior to preparing this message, I had never realized the preserving power of integrity. It preserves you, child of God. It keeps you safe. And it's so wonderful that we can have stability and security in our lives. Now, I wanna say, people might be listening to me now on social media and so on, and maybe you're listening and you are thoroughly corrupt. Every morning you get up and you try to do fraudulent activities. Or maybe partly you're involved in fraud and corruption and so on. And I wanna tell you that there is hope for you in Jesus Christ if you'll ask forgiveness for your sins and come to the Lord. But listen to this, the antidote to corruption is a love for the truth of God's word. Isn't that beautiful? You've gotta realize that there is an antidote. There's a remedy, there's a cure. And it is a love for the truth of God's word. 
And when you begin to love the truth, then you love what God loves. And God works in your heart. And suddenly, when corrupt temptations come your way, it actually causes you to despise it. You get angry when people try to bribe you or corrupt you. The antidote to corruption is a love for the truth of God's word. That's a good thing to tweet. Now, Psalm 119, verse 103 says, listen to this. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Do you realize that God's truth is like sweet honey? It's beautiful. God's truth is so satisfying for the soul. So God's word is sweeter than honey, and it is beautiful and full of truth. But I wanna say something which I said earlier. Realize this, listen. It's only by God's power, by him helping us and his spirit in us, that we can increasingly become people of integrity. So we've gotta rely on God. This is not a case of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. This is a case of rely, rely, rely on God. And you know, I watched a movie a few years back. It was called Courageous, the Christian movie Courageous. Just by a show of hands, did any of you watch that movie? Just wave a hand at me. Okay, quite a number of you did. And so as I'm watching this movie, I'm quite blessed by the strong theme of integrity. But then it got me thinking, what happened to the days of honor? What happened to the days of honor where if you did something right, you would of your own accord just step down. Maybe like somebody in the Marines in America with that wonderful code of integrity. And then if you're in the Marines and you did something wrong, you wouldn't even wait for a court martial or whatever to take place of your own. You would, I don't know, throw in your badge or whatever they throw down, throw down your water wings or something like that. And you would say, no, it's over. I've dishonored the code of morality. I'm stepping down. I think of people in our police force where there has been corruption. What happened to the days of honor where they would actually just say, I've made a mistake, I erred in my judgment, I'm handing in my resignation. Now it's the complete opposite. They deny, they deny, they deny. They fight, they fight, they fight. They avoid, they avoid court cases. And it goes on forever and ever and it is crazy. And I pray that God would break through in our nation with some of those long legal wrangles that people are throwing up to stop facing the, the reality of the law. I really pray that God is gonna break through some of those things and that we will see justice not delayed in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I believe what happened to the days of honor where you would shake somebody's hand and your word was your bond. Now, I'm drawing to a close, I really am. Proverbs 20 verse seven says this, listen. The righteous man or woman walks in his integrity and, listen to this, his children are blessed after him. I find this very beautiful. <laughs> Do you realize that your integrity can impact your children? It is beautiful. And I'm uh, privileged to say that I have experienced lots of blessing in my life. And one of the reasons is because my dad, Ed Rabbit, and my mom, Pal Rabbit, they walked in integrity all the days of their lives. My mom is still alive. She was in the first service this morning. And I honor my parents. I honor them that it also may go well with me. I honor my dad. I honor my mom. And they have left blessings for me. It's wonderful. 
And so get this, get a hold of this. You can actually increase the blessing on your children by choosing integrity. So to moms and dads that are listening to me today, I, I appeal to you, come on, choose integrity. May it be your first default whenever decisions need to be made, you choose integrity. And integrity can bring safety and blessing to your household. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, would you stand with me? I'm gonna pray right now. But as I pray, there is one little short verse that I wanna leave with you. And these are the words of King David. This is also a psalm which would be good to memorize this verse. It is Psalm 26, 11. And David says, but as for me, I will walk in my integrity. Isn't that lovely? King David, man after God's own heart, he had made a decision. Have you made a decision? Can you say with David, but as for me, I will walk in my integrity. Won't you say that with me? But as for me, I will walk in my integrity. One more with a little bit more passion. But as for me, I will walk in my integrity. Well done. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I know in my heart that this word had to be declared today. I pray that it is going forth and will go forth as it's broadcast later on on television and watched by other people, that it would go forth as a hammer of your righteousness in Jesus' name. But now I speak strength to your people, especially where many times there was a, a wavering between what should I do? Should I do the right thing? Should I do the wrong thing? In the name of Jesus, we declare that you will honor God in your words and in your actions. And we declare God like, Jesus, like David declared, that as for me, we will walk in our integrity. So I thank you, Lord, for what you do. I also just feel to pray into one thing, Lord, for those of us here that have made mistakes and we've been involved in corrupt things, we confess that to you as sin, unrighteous and unholy. But we thank you for your grace that washes us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And we declare that we receive your washing and your cleansing. And we will not go out under shame, but we will go out under confidence in Jesus. So we thank you that we are righteous in Christ and that we will walk in integrity. Now, just lift your hands to receive a blessing from the Father. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of His smile upon you and give you peace. And we all say aloud, Amen, Amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a wonderful Sunday.